0: Because at the end of the day, I think what gets lost with the performance review is it's really about creating a stronger relationship between the supervisor and the employee at the end of the day and creating the synergies where they exist and strengthening them where there's opportunity for there to be strength.
1: Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. 20 minutes that simplifies the complex job of managing and leading people and inspires you to take action on what you probably already know to build and sustain a smart and healthy business. Here's your host, Ed Epley, to introduce this week's guest and business leader.
2: Welcome everyone. This is Ed Epley with another edition of the Ed Epley Experience, where we talk to successful business owners, operators, and executives, and share with you some of their secrets for running a more successful and sustainable business. We are talking in our third, this is our third session, talking about performance appraisals, performance reviews. And over the last two years, I've gotten to know this individual, and he's a a special guy. I, th- I think he's more than earned the right to talk to you about performance reviews and performance appraisals. Let me give you a couple of adjectives to describe him. One, he's extremely humble. He definitely is one of those people who thinks of others before he thinks of himself. Secondly, he's very broad-minded in, in a business sense. What I mean by that is he does not focus solely on his function or area of the business. He He thinks very strategically at all times thinking about the consequences for the entire organization not just what would be in his best interest or his functions and the last is he has a tremendous sense of humor and i always enjoy my time with him because we will end up laughing about something it may be about me or about him or about others but we're going to laugh about something and i think you'll probably hear that today He's Roger Lewandowski. He's the VP at Steamboat Ski and Resort Company. Roger, welcome to the Ed Epley Experience.
0: Great. Thanks, Ed, for having me. Really excited to be here and very humbled, as you said, to participate in this discussion with you.
2: So do you remember the first time you ever had a formal performance review where someone was reviewing your performance?
0: I do. Uh, very distinctly, as a matter of fact, right? It was very early in my career and I used to wait tables for an organization that had very formal practices. And in that review, um, I scored exceptional kind of right down the line. And that I don't think I was exceptional as I was doing it, but it was really interesting. It actually led me to say, then, what's my next step? Am I general manager now? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> where do I go with this? I have nowhere to grow. I have nowhere to learn. Um, if I'm exceptional, you know, where should I be then?
2: Yeah. Well, well, that begs two questions. Number one, did you ask that question about where where do we go, or was there was that not addressed by your boss at the time?
0: Yeah, at the time that that wasn't addressed. You know, as you can imagine, in a restaurant setting, there wasn't a lot of conversation about career pathing for waiters or servers at that time. Um, you know, the mindset was kind of punch a clock, collect your tips, and and go and. You know, I happened to be going to college at the time and working on my degree. And yeah. so I was already processing my head. Okay, what is my next chapter? What is my next step? And I happened to be with a large hotel organization, uh, Four Seasons. And so it opened, you know, there were a lot of paths that I could have gone down. But in that first formal review, that wasn't the discussion. It was really just based upon, you know, how that individual saw me. and And if I'm frank, I think the individual was fairly new in their role and in experience and probably didn't have um, a lot of tools in their tool belt to have a courageous conversation about how and where you can improve.
2: So what you're telling me is this inexperienced manager simply rounded up in the, having the conversation with you. You really weren't excellent at all facets of your job, but they wanted I, to do sure. I'm kidding. You probably were excellent yeah. knowing you.
0: No, I, I look, reflecting back, I certainly did have a lot of opportunity for growth and, and further learning. But.
2: You know, one of the things that I've heard, not surprisingly more than you would think, I've heard a number of managers and executives say that sometimes they have hesitation to talk about somebody's performance and tell them they're doing a good job for fear that that person's going to ask for a raise?
0: Yeah, you know, um, I definitely see that. I think really the the bigger fear is it's always hard to sit there and have a conversation with somebody, especially face to face. And, you know, certainly it's easy to highlight their their strengths and to focus on that it becomes a little bit more difficult when you want to point out the opportunities where they have to focus their attention for further growth and development. And because that's where it gets a little bit uncomfortable and it gets even more uncomfortable. If there's a, an employee in front of you, that's used to getting that positive feedback mm-hmm. all the time and mm-hmm. not the, the, the opportunistic feedback. Yeah. And um, I think from my experience anyways, that tends to be more the case now these days, obviously The labor market is very different. Uh, Wages are a big topic of conversation. So I would definitely think in these recent months that that very much is the case.
2: Just to to provide some context for our audience. So was your first job at a Four Seasons hotel as a as a wait wait staff?
0: No, it wasn't um, my first job, but that was the first time I had had a A performance review. Okay,
2: All right. So. So. Talk about the Four Seasons. I mean, you, you elevated to some pretty high-level responsibility. Tell the audience about your time at Four Seasons.
0: Yeah, you know, um, a little bit about Four Seasons. I started with them in Houston. I was going to University of Houston in their hotel program. And, you know, the interesting concept that Four Seasons takes with its people is that it develops internally. And their business models, they go out and they, they look for that recent college grad that um, is looking for career growth. And they really cultivate that development very early in your career so that as you advance, you're taking that culture with you. And it's very employee-centric. You know, it, they, they follow the golden rule. You know, do unto others, as right. they do unto you. Right. And they really, uh, not just preach it, but they practice it, right? And you very much, when you're in that organization, feel more valued than even the guest. And the concept being that is if you're in that culture and you feel valued, you're going to extend that to the, the guests. So it's really about people first, then the product and then the profit.
2: So would it be safe to say that that was pretty powerful in who you are as an executive and manager and leader of others today?
0: Absolutely. I didn't know any better, quite honestly. You know, I ended up being with Four Seasons for 20 years and it wasn't until I left and started working with different organizations and working with other leaders in the industry that I, I became more aware that the experience I had was very different than everybody else. And I, I had taken for granted while I was in the organization, it was after I left that I realized, okay, that was pretty special to have been in an organization that was that employee centric.
2: Yeah. That was a gift to be exposed to that. Wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Uh, How about, the first time you remember doing a performance review, you, you so you were at the Four Seasons, I'm assuming, when that first time happened, then when you, you had the opportunity to do that. Am I
0: right? That's absolutely correct. Yeah. And so, again, very junior uh, in my management career. And, you know, when I did that first review, I did reflect on my first review. So I probably swung the pendulum a little bit uh, too far the other way, um, being overly I don't want to say critical, but pointing out all the opportunities probably more so than I should have. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and and again, in the Four Seasons culture, right, there was two-way communication. So I got that feedback, you know, from the employees like, wow, Roger, you know, all this time I thought I was doing better. And so I was able to adjust (laughs) over time and get practice um, at doing that. But um, yeah, I'm i I'm, kind of a straight shooter that way. And I've learned some more emotional intelligence and some of the softer skills as I um, developed in my, my roles.
2: I have never seen anything but high degrees of empathy from you, high degrees of emotional intelligence. I'm sure you have your moments when you're, you're a human, but I've, I find it hard to believe that you're and there's very little Darth Vader in your style of management.
0: <laughs> well, you know, Ed, um, that's yeah. You, know, you touched on emotional intelligence. The one thing that I appreciate with that is that's something you can actually learn and develop. Yeah, you know, that doesn't have to define you. No. And um, it took me a little while in my career to realize that that's something I could change because I, you know, early in my career I was much like that, and that may be why I have much more emotional intelligence and empathy is because. I went through that process.
2: So so you were in Houston's program as a, what, hotel management? What was the, the title of the, the degree?
0: Yeah. So I, as I said, I was waiting tables and going to college. As I approached graduation, um, you know, I wanted to get into a management track. I had some conversations. And, and Frankly, at the time, I was interested in IT and approached the director of finance for the property, um, expressed what I wanted to do, and he talked me into really starting in accounting said, Hey, you know, we have a need for relief audit on the weekend. You can do that and still wait tables to make your money (laughs) and still go to class and, um, and you can get your foot in the door. And so the program was a manager and training program, but I hadn't fully graduated yet. And part of that is, um, you know, I had success in that part-time role and was introduced to the area director of finance. Uh, Jones name was John Brubaker out of the four seasons, Dallas. And he came down and spoke with me. At that point, I had had the opportunity to make some impressions and making improvements in the finance department and improving upon some of the the processes for efficiency. And he said, listen, we'd like to put you on a track in finance rather than IT. Um, You know, you you happen to mention that you're looking for a little bit more work-life balance and food and beverage, you know, holidays off and things like that as you have a family. And IT doesn't get any better with that, but finance sure does. (laughs) So it was an easy sell. (laughs) That, (laughs)
2: the the tumblers just fell into place, so keep going. (laughs) That's right. right.
0: Yeah, so then he brought me up to the Four Seasons Dallas. And from there, you know, I never saw myself as an accountant. I always saw myself in operations. Um, It's where my passion was, interacting with the guests and creating those memories. And then the camaraderie um, and just being in those busy times and in the restaurant, which is really is what spoke to me. But uh, as I went up to Dallas, uh, I took some more formal accounting courses to sort of develop my education. Yeah. And um, what really intrigued me uh, about being in finance, I didn't realize was, you know, you see everything. There's nothing that happens in an organization or in a business that doesn't touch finance at some point right. along the way. And There's very few positions other than maybe a general manager or president or CEO in a company that has that same level of visibility. Yeah. And it allows you to really have a tremendous amount of influence on where the business goes. Yeah. Not to mention, I like to solve problems and um, things like that. So there's a lot of business problems that present themselves in the finance
2: area. So it really
0: um, spoke to me from that level as well.
2: Well, thank you for that. I, I I just learned a little bit about you that I did not know from from previous conversations. Did 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 the Four Seasons spend as much time training you to do performance appraisals as a manager as they did to do your job to to become technically competent in, in finance?
0: Yeah, they they absolutely did. Um, you know, there's certainly always, maybe not always, but usually there's the structured education. Right. Um, but what they really did well was, you know leading by example, right? So as I advanced in my career, had opportunities to be reviewed or give reviews at a higher level. Certainly that emotional intelligence, the, the topics that were being brought up and discussed and how we elevate became more complex. And, that really fed in. And so I, I frequently reflect back on my prior performance reviews, especially those that I think had significant influence on my career or were mentors for me. Right. And look at how they handled it, whether it was a, a situation where things were not going in the right direction, and maybe not even necessarily with me, right? But I certainly had those moments as well. Um, but to, to go through and see how did they approach it, you know, what? how did they do it so it was constructive? And at the end of the day, the, the person, you know, that was being reviewed felt good, felt energized, engaged, and had dignity. And I think that's the key thing, right? When you're given a performance review, you want the person you're reviewing to feel, you know, that they have that dignity at the end of it, um, that they got some value out of it. And they've got something tangible in which to work on and gives clarity. and the other piece of that, too, I think is important is there shouldn't be any surprises in a review, right? Right, right. If, the, if, the, if it's being brought for the first time in a review, then something probably occurred there that should have been more timely. So a lot of times when I do reviews, I'll start off by saying, listen, you have full permission to stop me if you're hearing something for the first time. Because that, in my opinion, is not fair to the person being reviewed. If they're hearing for the first time in that setting that really should be off limits as far as formalizing and documenting that there should have been a discussion that led up to that. Prior.
2: Have you had anybody in the last three to five years stop you and say, yeah, this is new. This is news to me.
0: Not um, coming from me, but I have had people stop me and say, Hey, why is it that I'm hearing something different from you than maybe my prior or my the, the supervisor before me? Okay. Right. And, that's where, you know, probably takes a little bit more of a, an art form, yeah. you know, to, to kind of talk through that because you don't know what the, the situation was with that person before you, you can only speak to the situation in the here and now. And so typically it's um, just explaining what I just explained, which is, I don't, you know, businesses evolve and change, people evolve and change. So it's, you know, I can't speak to the past, um, but I want to speak to where we are now. And, and you know, the topics that you should be speaking about is you need to know your audience, right? Is the person you're speaking to looking to grow their career? Because if you're giving them feedback about growing their career and they absolutely have no interest, then that's going to create some friction. And that's not where the time and the energy should be spent. Um, But if the person is growing their career, then that's exactly where you should be spending your time and energy. If somebody, I call it a steady Eddie, every business needs a steady Eddie to kind of keep things going, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Usually in those situations in a performance review, I try to do a little bit more listening, um, which is, you know, they know their position. They know what's going on. They see things you can't see. So a lot of times I solicit feedback from them on what they need to be more successful in their role. Where are the opportunities to elevate the work that they're doing and really kind of tap into that experience that I won't necessarily have. But my role at that point is not about growing their career. My role at that point is trying to clear obstacles.
2: So where do you fall in the spectrum of spending time, fixing somebody's weaknesses or, or areas where they're probably always going to struggle versus working on their strengths and things that they're really good at. What, what's your bias about trying to help people fix things that they don't do well or can't do at all?
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's about getting the right seat on the bus, right, <laughs> at the end of the day, right? If you're trying, if you have an expectation of somebody that they simply just don't have either the interest, the passion, that's usually the case. Skills are teachable. It's usually about, you know, what is it that motivates people? And, right. you know, then that's where the conversation should be steered towards is, hey, I've noticed that this is something that you're not leaning into. What is it about this that you're, you enjoy or don't enjoy? And trying to, again, listen and get that feedback from the employee. And then at the same time, thinking about where would there be a good fit? And it's about always constantly thinking about how you can change your department or change your business to match up you know, the top talent or the passion with the need. And that uh, is a constant evolution uh, through the lifespan of the business. If, if the idea is to hire somebody, put them in a role and kind of set and forget, that usually doesn't work out over, over time.
2: Right. Makes perfect sense. I've always, in fact, you may have heard me say this at different times, but I've always subscribed to the theory that the worst skill in all managers universally that I've been around is the ability to set clear expectations. For performance, that those are always left somewhat nebulous or unspecified or uh, subjective rather than objective. And, and consequently, I think that many times performance discussions, performance reviews or appraisals tend to be less effective than they otherwise would be because me, if I'm the employee, I, I don't real have real clarity about what your expectations were. And consequently, when we start to discuss, I might disagree with your appraisal of my, my work because I didn't understand what your expectations might have been. H- have you seen that at all in your career or, or am, was that unique to me?
0: No, no, th- I've definitely seen that. And that goes back to probably my comment about being surprised in the interview process. You, it, it always comes down to expectations where, you know, The person giving the interview has one set of expectations and one receiving the interview had a different understanding of those expectations, and there was a miss, right? And that always comes down to communication. And um, in large part, usually um, an organization moving very quickly through change or process and not taking the time to spend with employees and invest to get to know them or themselves taking the time to understand where the direction the company is going to be able to marry those things together.
2: Yeah, bring them together, yeah. Align them. Yeah. How, uh, now, having worked for two very iconic brands in terms of Four Seasons and now Steamboat Ski and Resort Company, how do they compare in their discipline with regard to performance evaluations and and discussions? How is is it is there equal rigor? Is it rigor around different things? What if you don't mind share with us what you've learned there?
0: Yeah, it, there's definitely rigor around different things. As I mentioned earlier, Four Seasons sort of approach is very focused on development. Part of that development is uh, not just growing vertically, but also laterally and being dynamic, being able to have visibility from different perspectives in the operation and coaching uh, people to do that. What I've noticed with Steamboat Ski Resort Company is you mentioned the legacy, the iconic we have yeah. employees that have been here for 20 to 30 years. And in some cases have been in that same role the entire time. Right. 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 So you, it's inherently, you have to take a different approach with the review process. You you know, coming in and wanting to talk about change and development and moving people around creates a lot more discomfort in an organization like um, Steamboat Ski and Resort Company versus an organization like Four Seasons. That said, There's still a tremendous amount of value. I probably in my entire career have done more listening in the past year with all the sage wisdom that exists here and really trying to think about, hey, not getting people to do things my way, but how do I do things their way to make their job easier and more effective and productive, which has been a tremendous growth opportunity for myself in this role um, is kind of taking that seat.
2: Did you know you were going to have to do that when you took this job or was that explained to you by anybody around you? Or is that just something that you came to recognize because as you started conversations, you were going, oh, this isn't going like they normally do.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it was pretty obvious. <laughs> you know? um, a lot of conversations started back, well, 10 years ago we did <laughs> X, right, which those were conversations I had never had prior to Joining this organization, and it was a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, for those that may not know, uh, Steamboat Ski and Resort Corporation is a part of a, a larger organization, Valterra Mountain Company, and um, it's really comprised of two partners. There's the Crown family that owns Aspen Ski Company, and then there's um, KSL Capital Partners, and they're very two different business models. KSL Capital Partners is private equity. They're They're all about making the capital investments, getting the returns in value and then repositioning where the crown family is very much um, focused on the the longevity investment. And, And so they're they're looking 100 years out where KSL Capital is looking, what can we do to affect and improve asset value in the next five years? So prior to this, I was for a short time with KSL Resorts. So their business model is very much that you acquire an asset. You have a whole period of five to seven years, and then you sell it at, you know, multiple. So I kind of came into this role sort of thinking, okay, you know, KSL Capital Partners, knowing their motivation, that they're looking to grow the value of the asset, and, you know, they're investing a tremendous amount of money, over $200 million right now in Steamboat Ski Resort Company. So from my experience and from what I understood, I sort of anticipated that, you know, there was going to be an expectation of making some change and improvements. Yeah, and, and so while I came to that mindset, one of the first conversations was like, hey, Roger, we're not necessarily looking for a change agent right now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so immediately I'm thinking, okay, how do I show my value? Because yeah. I've always worked in this world of change <laughs> and growth and development. But um, what I have come to realize and the value that I think I do bring is uh and you touched on it, is sort of that strategic perspective kind of looking out for all parties at the resort which i was able to foster that skill set through four seasons and having worked in different disciplines through my career path and then also um, with some positions in between where I had more of a, a visibility to the entire business not just a discipline of finance or yeah. a discipline of food and beverage or anything like
2: yeah, I I'll share with the audience the, the fact that Rogers the kind of guy who could probably make me very expendable at Steamboat Ski and Resort <laughs> Company because of his his wisdom and counsel and the fact that he does think so strategically. Uh, you, you're you're very unique in your role. Most most people that are CFOs or heads of finance and organizations don't don't have the lenses that you have for how you look at things. Do you find that most managers are biased to avoid tough conversations when it comes to performance, or do you find that most of them are too direct and, and more of the mode of what you found yourself originally in?
0: Yeah, no, I would definitely say most managers do lean towards uh, giving you more favorable, right? Those are the easier conversations. Right. Um, where everybody kind of feels good at the end and the art in all in performance reviews is it, it really should be largely focused on the recognition and the achievements and the accomplishments but you can't lose sight of what's still left on the table for further improvement. there's always room for improvement always room for growth and opportunity on both sides Right? It does, the person receiving the interview doesn't have to be the only one just kind of taking the information. They have information too that they can give you on how maybe you can manage better. So when I approach a performance review, you know, while the conventional wisdom is, okay, it's the supervisor telling the employee what more they have to do and giving the experience, there's a lot of things that you, as the person do, delivering, can learn from the employee whether it's how they're doing the interview, if it's information they didn't know before, or how the employee would like to see you interact with them differently. yeah. Um, Because at the end of the day, I think what gets lost with the performance review is it's really about creating a stronger relationship between the supervisor and the employee at the end of the day and creating the synergies where they exist and strengthening them where there's opportunity for there to be strength. And to your earlier comment, not focus on all the, the weaknesses, right? Because we all, let's face it, we all have weaknesses. Um, it's just a matter of whether we have interest in addressing them or if we just accept them and we just steer ourselves towards things that can capitalize on our strengths. Um, there's just natural behaviors that people have that you can't change. So there's no point in focusing in a performance review on natural behaviors that won't change. Focus them on the more of the technical and the skills that can be changed.
2: How um, you have a, a pretty wide or broad spectrum of people who work with you and for you in your area and and knowing some of them to the extent that I do. How different would be the conversation that you would have for somebody who's relatively young and relatively new to the job versus somebody who's. Maybe they're still young but extremely competent and talented and uh, you know they're going places. You know you you know it may be only a matter of time before they actually even leave Steamboat ski and resort company. How, do, do, is fundamentally are they the, the, the things you do the same? the words would be different, but the, the things you touch on would still be the same or are there are those two different kinds of conversations?
0: Yeah, I think there. I mean, every conversation is going to be a little bit different, but just to kind of touch on those two examples, you know, somebody that's younger coming in, right? They're they're going to be interested, especially with this younger generation, right? They they're used to how do I get from A to B to C, very tangibly. So when you're delivering that feedback, you know, the more black and white you can be, and the more deliberate you can be in setting those expectations and having more checkpoints to give yep. them the progress updates yeah I think resonates more with that generation and, that, and, and the and the more frequency frankly and the convenience to it you know they would much rather you text them something just for the the timeliness than to set a meeting next week to discuss it Good point so Good so point. you have to kind of do that Somebody that's a little bit more mature and especially on a growth path or in a stable, they're looking for more latitude. They're looking to spread their wings more and not to be uh, have the same sort of level of micromanagement or su- supervision. Yeah. So it's kind of being able to strike the right balance where sort of that younger person, you're probably going to have a little bit more micromanagement, that, more of that feedback and, and mm-hmm. encouragement. Whereas um, someone else, you, you may say, listen, I trust you, make the decisions. If, if it's a question in your mind, that should be your indicator to come to me and let's talk about it. Otherwise, I'm going to support you. And they just want the freedom to kind of prove themselves.
2: I I can almost imagine someone said those exact same words to you about whether you should act on your own intuition or, or feeling or whether you should seek them out for counsel. That I love those words. Do you remember what you just said?
0: <laughs> no, it just kind of came to me. But, um, yeah, yeah, I know the gist. But I, I think I could sum it up in another way is that um, – you are know, right. I've, I've had mentors and where I've had my biggest growth are the ones that, uh, you know, I think of uh, before this, I was a CFO at Camelback Resort in the Poconos and Claude Brock, who is my mentor, you know, approached me about it. And I said, well, let me reach out and see um, who I know in my network that might be interested." He's like, no, Roger, you're missing it. It's you. And I'm like, well, that, that seems like a big stretch for me. It's like, you know, the, what he told me is like, Roger, I have the confidence. It is a big stretch for you, but you'll, you'll own it. You'll take it and you'll do well at it. And he he just all I needed was for him to express his confidence that I could do it for me to actually be encouraged to actually go after it. Right. I
2: love it. And, I love it. Yeah. I, I have one last question for you. And and uh, and that simply is if there's one thing that you could tell any manager, executive or owner who's listening uh, that if they do this, they're probably going to have more effective performance appraisals. What would it be?
0: Be authentic, um, and not authentic where you're you're putting everything on the table. But really, think about what it is you're you're looking to accomplish in that discussion with that employee, and really think of it too from the perspective that you want that employee to leave the discussion feeling excited, engaged, and and with a tremendous amount of dignity out of that. And if you can look at it from that lens of and practice what it is that you want to talk about and and you don't have to talk about everything right it's less is more um, in these reviews yeah and where your time should be invested is really prior to that meeting not during the meeting
2: beautiful Um, i
0: see i see a lot of people try to improvise in that discussion and when you're talking about employees and talent and people that you're really relying on at the end of the day you're shortchanging yourself by just not taking the time to think about what is it is that you want to come out of that conversation.
2: Makes sense. He's Roger Lewandowski He's the VP at Steamboat Ski and Resort Company and spends most of his time on the finance side of the business. Roger, if people would like to reach out to you to have follow-up in this conversation you and I've had, what would be the best way for them to reach you?
0: I think just reach out to me via email. I can give that to you here. It's, uh, Please, yeah. It's R. lewandowski L-E-V is in Victor, A-N is in Nancy, D-U-S-K-I at steamboat.com. Yep,
2: yeah. he's a treat to know. I, I tell you what, I am so fortunate that you've come to the organization, and I know I've certainly gained from your presence, and I know the organization has as well. Roger, thanks for being our guest today on the Ed Epley
0: Experience. Great, thank you for having me, Ed.
1: Thank you for listening to the Ed Epley experience. For more information on building a more sustainable, smarter, and healthier business, visit www.theepleygroup.com for resources, tips, and Ed's latest blogs. That's the Epley, E-P-P-L-E-Y, group.com. Plus, take a free assessment at theepleygroup.com slash assessment to find out how you measure up as a highly skilled and accomplished manager and where to focus on improving your skills.